Welcome to the PBJ Connection Podcast. This will not be televised. Knowing there are thousands of other podcasts to choose from, we're glad you're here listening to us. If there are any topics you'd like us to cover or you have a question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at pbjconnection at gmail.com. Welcome everyone to PB&J. We're here talking about another exciting subject today. Um, one that impacts every individual out there, any individual who has to go out and buy stuff and pay their way. Um, so Jay and I were talking and we were looking at the power of consumers. And we don't really know how much power, consumers don't really think about how much power they have. It's not that we don't think about it, but we all know that you know, when we go to the grocery store and we're ended up now, especially now, paying twice as much for more than what we paid a couple of months ago, six months ago, for something that, you know, is like a regular staple in our, in our pantries or, you know, even in um, personal hygiene products. You know, everything has gone up, everything has increased. And the thing is, those prices, they will not go back down. There's no way they're going to go back down because everybody's making money off of us as consumers. So let me give you a little bit of history. You know, every business, every especially small businesses here in the United States, you know, there's a model that depends on economic segregation. You know, whereas, you know, one of the reasons is that we, the reason why we can't get beyond that is because there's money to be made. And so as long as there's money to be made, then we are kind of with hold hostage and prisoners of big industries. So uh, let me give you just a little bit of information history-wise, is that in the 20th century, uh, you know, the U.S., there was an unprecedented amount of accumulation of wealth in the hands of just a few people, you know, like uh, Andrew Carnegie, and John D. Rockefeller. And these people would actually, uh, they would break up strikes. If a, you know, if a, a unit or employees had strikes, they would actually break it up with violence. So they weren't heroes. They just knew that they had to figure out how to retain the wealth that they were getting off of the labor of others. And while that was happening in the North, in the South, there was this, you know, there was agriculture. And you had all these newly freed slaves, um, and they weren't being paid when they were slaves, but now the agriculture, you know, industry had to start paying them something, paying some salary. So of course these white captains of industry, they were smart enough to figure out how to filter money into enough agriculture, which John D. Rockefeller um, coined it as philanthropy work um, into the agriculture so that they will continue to make money, you know, building the big cities of the north as well as the agricultural industry of the south will continue to produce what they needed in order to keep this going. So this has been, it's been a long history of just, you know, these big guys, these guys with the money controlling the wealth 
um, and trying to retain the wealth. So even when we look at political powers and so forth, there are or political agendas. Sometimes we have to look at it at a closer lens to see what is the real intent behind any new initiative, any new law, you know, what is happening in, in the autonomy that is dictating these new regulations that are coming out. And the states are almost divided now in what's happening. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there, Jay. But I know you found some pretty interesting information on um, Oh, so, yeah, yeah, thanks, Pam. I, I want to tag on to what you just presented. And, uh, in fact, I just saw that Congress, for the third time, is trying to pass a bill where regulators are now, their, them, their family members, and their children are not allowed to trade individual stocks while they are in office. And you, oh. When you're talking about you know, the wealthy controlling the people who are not so wealthy. It's such a small percentage of people um, that are making choices for us, the, Uh you know, the middle class, as I consider myself to be middle class, and, and the, you know, folks who are living paycheck to paycheck and, you know, maybe not living the good life, the American dream. And so when you think about the folks that are making decisions for us, whether it be corporate or our regulators or anybody else, you have to wonder exactly who they're looking out for, right? It's like, right. are they really looking out for us? Because, boy, it sure doesn't feel like it. Right. <laughs> it's, and then that's true. Uh, yeah. And so then you start thinking, well, what could we do, the little people, what could we do on our part to, you know, throw some weight around and say, you know, uh, if you're going to represent us or we're going to buy your products, we're going to, we're going to start telling you what for. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I, I think it's important for everybody to realize that I don't care how much money you make, if you are, you know, living on a shoestring or whether you're living pretty comfortably, you've got some power. And I think people are not using the power that they have. That's just my personal opinion. Uh Um, And that's based on what you see with voter turnout and what you see with um, prices. So um, when you you look up customers having, consumers having power, they call it consumer sovereignty. And they define it as the situation in an economy where the desires and needs of consumers control the output of producers. And so when we talk about inflation, for example, you know, that's, that's, that phrase has been thrown around like, you know, I mean, it's just a, an everyday word now. And I don't even right. know that everybody understands what inflation is. You know, you think about how you inflate a balloon, you know, to make it bigger. Right. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about that first. And this is not because I'm smart. This is because I looked it up. So just so you know. <laughs> but you're, if you, you don't know, that's why we're here. Right, to, exactly. To educate. So right. That's great. Yeah. So um, according to the article that I read, this is a Forbes article, inflation occurs when prices rise across the economy, decreasing the purchasing power of your money. In 1980, for example, a movie ticket cost on average of $2.89. By 2019, the average price of a movie ticket had risen to $9.16. So 
So if you saved a $10 bill from 1980, it would buy two fewer movie tickets in 2019 than it would have nearly four decades earlier. So that's kind of how you need to look at inflation. And so I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but they said that the chief measures of U.S. inflation are the consumer price index, known as the CPI, the producer price index called PPI, and the personal consumption expenditures price index, PCE, all of which use varying measures to track the change in prices consumers pay and producers receive in industries across the the economy, and that's in the United States of America. I don't know what they do in Europe. They probably have something similar. Um, but with all that said, and with me not being able to relay to you um, the ins and outs of those three things, because that would probably take an entire two-hour podcast in itself, and I'm not going there. It would. It I'll would. end up putting me to sleep, much less everybody else who's listening. But I just, you know, people have been crying the blues about the price of gas, me included, Uh right? So it went down to almost, uh, over the holidays, I think I saw it here where I live, go down into the mid to something, 289 or something like that, which was like, you know, that was was great because it was up to almost $4. Right. But uh, an article from January 3rd of this year, U.S. oil giants Exxon and Chevron are poised to reap, okay, hope you're sitting down, $100 billion total profit. You said profit. Yes, profit. $100 billion. That's with a B. That's a B. So there's another company. Uh, they also did a, a, a survey of the, f- the five top companies that made money uh, over the past year. One of them was a natural gas company called EQT Corporation. Uh, its operating margin surged from 20.3% for the 12 months ending in September 2021 to 64% over the last year. Okay, so now you, you listen, listen closely. Okay, so the next one they had was called Merck. That's a pharmaceutical uh-huh. giant called Merck, M-E-R-C-K. Yes. Jumped by 20 percentage points for its last 12 months compared to the prior year. At a 35% operating margin, Merck's take on revenue is high as it's been since 2004. Oops. Hess, a New York-based energy company. I don't know if you, you guys might remember Hess gas stations from a long time ago. I don't think they oh, exist yes, anymore. years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, the company's still there. Oh, yeah, they, don't, they just rebrand and mm-hmm. rename it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they saw their operating margin rise from 23% for the past 12 months ending in September 2021 to 36% this year. That's the highest margin on record for the company, according to FactSet. That's the name of an organization. Prior to this year, the previous high watermark was 22% in 2014. Then they, they listed another company called Pioneer Natural Resources. So if you, if you, <laughs> if you think about who these companies are, they're either pharmaceutical companies or power or okay. energy companies. Energy companies. So you, yes. you you wonder when you're at the pump and you know you're paying almost four dollars and maybe out in California it might even be five dollars. You're sitting there thinking, oh, I wonder where I wonder where my money's going. Well, 
if you've got stock in energy companies, you're probably doing very well right now. And if you are a corporate executive or an employee of those companies, you're probably also doing very well right now. Yes. So when you think about where your money's going, um, you just might want to <laughs> think about those statistics. So Not only that, but the salaries. Yes. Oh, that, yeah, that's what I mean. If you're a corporate executive where you work there, yeah, your salary is probably pretty darn high. CEOs, yeah. CFOs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I know that they put money into research and development, but the research and development is just these labs that they'd set up. They filter money through it in order to figure out how can we get the greatest gain yeah. for the, the, the less amount of energy or resources that we need to do it. Sure. You know, just just like we were talking about that, that company in Sweden. Yes. That came up with that, that earth energy. Yes. You know, believe me, it's not going to take long for them to figure out how to do it cheaper, faster, and better. Well. And at the same time, reap all the benefits and the profits from it. Right. We also talked about, and we this was off podcast, we got into a conversation last week when we had our, our session about um, how Africa's... Uh, minerals and resources are not being tapped into by the United States or by right. um, Europe, I believe. And so yes. uh, if you believe what you read, um, mm -hmm. and, and this is accurate, the, the countries that are tapping into Africa's resources are China and Russia. Russia, right. And so... You know, why aren't we on that bandwagon? Um, you know, why why are we relying on... Anyway, I'm not, I'm, I don't even want to get into it. But you and I were talking about, okay, so with all of that said, if the consumer has power, what are some of the solutions? And so I think that it would be worthwhile to talk about maybe some of the things that we've thought about. Right. Yeah, I think that would be a good leeway into talking about how can we... How can we as consumers actually change our attitude, but not only that, but change our direction and how we spend our money and, and where we put the money, you know, where the money goes. You know, you talked about on our last session about saving, you know, saving a little bit, even if it's 50 cents, you said, you know, and there's always ways that you can save a little bit of money. It doesn't have to be a lot. The thing is that people have become so used to spending, and I'm not going to say all people, I'm, I can't even put everybody in sure. that budget, but they are so used to paying, I should say that, paying for what they want, you know, and so it doesn't matter whether it's going to be a savings, but it's like, that's what I want, and that's what I know I have to pay for it, so I'll just pay for it, because that's what I want. It's that self-satisfaction you know that 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 factor but here it is it may be something you want but it's just something that you need right you you hit the nail right on the head is it a nice to have or a have to have and it ties in with what you said during our last podcast for the new year it's setting that realistic goal of um what do i want what do i want to have happen by a certain amount of time and if what you want to have by a certain amount of time is you've saved a little bit of money, mm -hmm. uh, it, it really ties in with that very nicely. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing is that people can find ways of, to, to, you know, to save money. The thing is, is trying to get people to understand how they can save money. And 
you know, there is, uh, I don't know, you probably heard of it, jmint.com. You yes. know, you can tie that into your bank accounts and it can break it into categories of where you're spending your money, you know, from groceries, gasoline to, to everything. And it's a way for you to visually look at not only uh, what you spent, but also a roadmap of where you can make changes and you can save money along the way, you know. My, um, my credit union, and I talked about my credit union that I uh-huh. love dearly <laughs> after, right. after I switched from another credit union. They have that. Right. It's called your right. financial freedom is what they call it. What's um, the name of the credit union again? I don't know if I should say. <laughs> should I say? I know you're not trying to promote it. Of course not. But yeah, but you said you don't have to actually be a member of the industry no. or the no. to you know, or the, the the employer to actually be part of something. Exactly. It, it used so, to be that you did back in the day. I mean, like, yes, I think yes. 20 or 30 years ago, you did have to be employed by whomever it was, but not anymore. Yeah, if it was Navy Federal, you had to be a Navy Federal employee. You had right. to be a Navy employee or a military employee. If you were, if it was NASA, you had to be part of NASA, you know. If it was the Federal Teachers Credit Union, right. you had to be, you know, a teacher or... Yeah, and there was all these credit unions that had these guidelines, and they realized, wait a minute, we do better if we just open it up to everybody. Because one thing about credit unions, the rates are better yes. than traditional banks. Yes. Their process, their loan process, if you had to get a loan, is better because of the fact that you're a member, and, and their rates are, are a, lot, you know, a lot lower. Not only that, but you also have a say and who gets selected on the board. Yeah, you're a stakeholder. You you yes. are, when you say you're a member, I mean, literally you are a member. Yeah. You, you're a stakeholder. Um, so yeah, you, you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, when they start asking for your vote for the, right. the folks who are you know gonna run the show, yeah, you get a say in that. Absolutely, yeah. or if they wanna put some new app or implementation in place. Mm-hmm. They come and ask their their members, you know. Yes. Is 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 this something that you want? And they listen to the members because maybe they're they're getting requests of is how can I? I, I give you a good example. My credit union is not connected to Zelle, mm-hmm. right? But I have another credit union that I use and is connected to Zelle. I had someone who wanted to send me some money through Zelle because you know. Um, Cash App has a limit on how much you can send a day, mm-hmm. whereas Zelle, you don't have a limit. So I had to end up using my other credit union that was connected to Zelle than my primary credit union. So the thing is, I, I think it was like, and so I put a note out there to my, my primary credit union is, can we get this? All these other credit unions are connected to Zelle. Why aren't you? You know? Well, here's so my credit union when I had to make automatic payments to where I had something stored, uh-huh. they just have their their website is set up so that all I need is um, I think a, a, a email address. Oh, an email address. They didn't. They weren't interfacing with any anybody. It was pure right. built into their um, app you know, within their website. Absolutely. And it just happened, and I got notified, you know, every time that a payment was getting ready to be made, I got mm-hmm. a note and all that stuff. So, 
Uh, there are just a cornucopia yes, it is. Of, of financial institutions. And I, I don't know about you, but I fell into the trap of uh, using the bank that my back in a long time ago, decades ago. <laughs> I, I used the same bank that my parents used because it seemed thing. to be the right thing to do. Right. And the thing everybody knew your parents, right? right. In the bank. Right. And that's what that's what we used to actually physically go in the right. bank to transfer. Right. The, the brick and mortar banks. Right. right. Exactly. Right. And I did the same thing because I remember clearly when I set up my first bank account, it was my mom and dad who set it up in the bank mm-hmm. that they had been banking, you know, with and it was like um it was citizens. Citizen Bank. Oh my gosh, oh, yes. Oh. I remember Citizens, yes. <laughs> Citizens yes. Bank of Maryland, right? Yes. And because that's where I was from. And it was like great because I could just walk over to the Citizens Bank and go in the, and talk to the teller and I had my money like quick fast. But we live in, in an age of technology where everything, a lot of things are done online. It's not even necessary for you to go into the bank. And mm-hmm. if you choose to go into a bank, sometimes it's good to have those relationships. You know, where as you're talking to a person like, like a, like a loan rep, right. you know, and you can have that conversation, and you know, and and they are there to help you. They're there to serve you. But I know one thing about the credit union as opposed to it, uh, other uh, financial institutions. Credit unions have a tendency of intentionally because you're a member because you're paying their salary, because you're, you know, you are a member of that credit union, they will sit down and have that conversation with you. And if you're having any problems or difficulty, they will help you to maneuver through the system and the various instruments in order for, to help you out. You are so, so right. I, there's, there's this one young, this one, <laughs> sorry, I sound like a dinosaur. This <laughs> one young lad, right. um, I know that he was in his 20s because he told me so, and he was, you know, talking to me about, I just went in there to make a deposit. Right. But he's, he started talking about how he was looking for a vehicle and how did I like mine and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, pay me all these kinds of compliments. And afterwards, just like you said, afterwards, I got a survey saying, how was your trend? You know, how was your communication? How did it go when you visited? We saw that you came into our branch and right. all this stuff. I'm like... <laughs> Okay, now I know why he was being so nice to so me, nice. right? Because he yeah. knew there was a survey coming out. Absolutely. Because right. they get points for stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, I mean, traditional banks have done, started doing the same things, you know, providing surveys to the customers. How was your experience? I, I think everything, everybody now is doing it because it's just part of customer service, right? But, like I said, um, I just noticed the difference between the banks, the regular banks, even the interest rates that they, mm. you know, that they pay out on something as simple as a savings account. Yes. You do so much better with a credit union. Yeah. But if you go into bankrate.com, which we talked about, and you'll see high interest rate savings accounts, and they'll tell you what the, the requirements are, the minimum deposits are, which are low, you know, but your returns are so great. You can actually select one where you can get a greater return than you would even a credit union in some cases. Yeah, yeah. It's so. it all. It's it's really down to you need to shop around. And and yes. here's and you and I both know, 
if you are stressed for time, if you are busy, 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 you're like, the last thing I feel like doing is sitting down and researching anything. I'm just going to take what I think is the best based on what I've heard. Da, 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 da. But I can tell you that if you can get yourself psychologically <laughs> set up to do your research, set aside some time, instead of watching a YouTube video, sit down and do some research, it will, it will pay in the end. And I'm going to use this as an example. Um, when I was looking for, and I think I told you this, Pam, so I'm sorry if you've heard this story no. before. No, please do. When oh. I had to get uh, insurance for the house, um, we got a notice that said, yeah, we're, uh, we're leaving the state, so you've got to find other insurance. And I was like, what? So I went mm -hmm. to this so-called agent who had been so-called helping me over the past five years, and he came up with solutions that where I was paying even more <laughs> than what I was originally paying. And right. so I said, okay, something's not right here. So I started doing research on my own. Mm -hmm. And I thought all was going to be just terrible because the way they described it to me was like, you know, the world's coming to an end. You know, your insurance has got to go up. Da, 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 da. And I ended up finding a company, a well-known company, by the way, not some fly-by-night company that was charging me even less than what I was paying before I got the letter. And that's only because... I did not rely on my agent to give me the best information. I was so perplexed by what he told me. I said, no, no, no. This is not going to happen. And it, had I listened to him, I would have been paying an extra $500 for my house um, insurance premium. And I got to tell you, $500 is $500. You know, it's like... Yeah, even if it's a year. Yes. That, that 500 yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's just too much. Yeah, $500. Right. And so, yeah. same thing with um, car insurance. Um, if you think that what you have is the best, let me tell you, it, it may be. It, it may be. But you really have to shop around. And that takes research. And it's just... Yes, it does. Nobody likes it. I don't like it. Pam, you probably don't like it. I hate but it. But I'm telling hate you, it. if you want to save a buck, you just got to bite the bullet and say, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a piece of paper. I have to write it on a piece of paper and figure out where you can save that money. Because if you got a family, if you've got kids, if you just got married, you're newlyweds, and even if you don't have kids, chances are you need the money. Right. right. Or you want to save and the money. Even if you're single and it's just you, oh yeah, you'll you'll need that money. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, we we always talk about having money for a rainy day. Trust and believe. If you live a life, you're gonna have that rainy day. That yes. rainy day is gonna come, and you don't know what's gonna happen. Something's gonna break. You know, the car is gonna have car to repairs. need repairs. You car know, repairs house, are so expensive. House repairs. Anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, just just major. It could be a medical situation. Yes. You know, where it may change. You may end up needing Medicare, medical assistance, or something that's going to end up costing you if you do not have that rainy day fund. But trust and believe, if you don't have an umbrella to help you out along the way, then you're going to end up getting caught in the downpour. Well, the credit, the credit card. I mean, you want to get caught in the credit <laughs> card trap because you will never climb out. Well, never. you'd have to have a really substantial financial windfall to get out of that credit card trap. Ask, ask anybody who's got a student loan. 
how much they're still paying in their uh, 40s and 50s, how much they still have a student loan. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and that was, I remember when I had that student loan, Jay, I put everything I had, anything extra toward it, because I just could not see spending the next 20 years paying for something. And honestly, what I went to school for is not what I actually did for my job. I I bet you you're in the majority with that. (laughs) Right. So you're end up paying for something that you're not even using. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to take it away. I don't take college away from anybody. You know, that's your direction and that's what you want to do. The only thing is to just know that stacking up student loans to get to there Mm. may not end up being the best way to do it. It's very stressful. It is stressful. And not only that, but I also, when I was in school, I was also working for the school in the office, you know, in the registration office, because of the fact that I just, I, I needed money for books, I needed money for, you know, I needed extra money to do all these things, and I didn't want to have to always depend on my parents and say, please, 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 you know, but you get to a certain point in your life and you just say, why would I burden that one? Sure. Why would I put Well, you want to be independent. I mean, if if you want to be a contributing member of society, you want to be independent, not dependent. Right. Absolutely. And, and if your parents did a good job, which I think they did with you, mm-hmm. um, you want to be dependent and you want to be, you know, self-sufficient. Yeah. And, and I just so, didn't want them to be burdened with, you know, uh, you know, a student loan that I was responsible really for. And then... Like I said, not using that student, not using the education from what I was studying sure. and doing something completely different that I don't know if it would have got me in the door or not. But you know what? I didn't have to need, I didn't have to use it to get in the door. Sure. You know? Sure. And so, <clears throat> you know, people have to take into consideration. You know, we were talking about, you know, the, the, the economic segregations and and you know trying to get beyond that and and even in that and in you know case of housing i was just looking in the article in aarp and i'm gonna tell you rent and let's say the average rent this was the actually the the medium average average the medium asking rent back in 2009 was 1600 dollars. oh my gosh it is today, 2020, well, let's say 2023, um, it was 2000 Now it's gone up again. And so even in the case of rent, even when you look at housing prices, if you went out and bought a house, yes, prices are, have come down considerably on the housing market. But at the same time, interest rates have increased. Well, and so even, even at that, um, there are there are programs for first time home buyers. Mm. There are and this is again part of research, right? Right. It's all a part of research, um, and and finding those programs that are for first time home buyers. And by the way, you could go to your financial institution and ask them about that, or you could research on uh-huh. your own. And sometimes the even though the interest rate has gone sky high compared to what it was. If you are paying $2,000 or more for rent, for rent 
you, can't you buy may a house. you may find <laughs> that you may find that that you could buy something and I'm not saying a McMansion. I'm saying uh -uh. if you just want to get your foot in the door and say, Absolutely. I've got a house. It doesn't have to be, you know, Shangri-La. It uh -huh. can be, you know, something very simple, something very plain, something very affordable. Just to get your foot in the door so that you can get your equity and you can stepping stone up to whatever house that you want. But this whole rent thing? Yeah. The highest rent I ever paid, and this was um, circa 1990, early 1990s, it was $800 a month for a brand new one bedroom apartment. And I was, right. I was like, wow, I don't, you know, yeah. I, I didn't right. even, know, I don't even know today how I paid for that. I don't right. even know. Because the job I was right. working was not a high paying job. I don't know what I no. did. Absolutely, but it worked out. It, it worked out. Work, it worked out. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, I just, you know, there are older Americans now with limited income. Fixed know, limited income. Yeah. yeah. And so for them to pay $2,000 a month, it is, and then feed themselves. Yes. Right? And then live in an environment that's safe. I worry about that. Yeah. You know, because of the fact that, yeah, you can find lower, lower rents. But the thing is, where are you going to find them? They're not going to be in areas that are safe. Right. You know, and they're not going to be in areas of convenience. Because just like, you know, uh, if you go into some of the uh, lower income areas in any major city, you're going to find, yeah, you're going to find a lot of apartments, right? You're also going to find these stores, these businesses like 7-Eleven. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not going to find any good grocery stores. You're not going to find. You may have a CVS. You may have a couple of it. But trust and believe. Just like Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. If you go in Seven Eleven and buy a soda at Seven Eleven, it's going to cost you twice as much for that soda at Seven Eleven. Absolutely. Well, that's why they call it a convenience store, right? Because right. it's convenient. It's, it's, it's not a Seven Eleven discount store, right? right. It's, no, it's not. It is not. Yeah. It, and it is convenient because of the fact that it's, it's within walking distance. So you don't have to have a vehicle to get to it. Right. I don't know. I, I just, I, I am so... I get so discouraged because of the fact there was an article that was out either last year or year before last saying that there is enough money in the United States to feed everyone. Mm -hmm. There is enough resources in the United States to take care of everyone's needs, you know, from the rich all the way down. The thing is, that as long as you have people who want to keep the wealth and have that control, that's why we can't get beyond the point that we are. So now maybe it's a good time for us as consumers to start taking control of not only our resources, but our lives, so that we can survive and we can maintain a, a, a sustainable life that will carry us through to not only the things that we need, but to, to getting the things we want. Right. So um we're kind of wrapping it up here but i'm gonna i'm just gonna go down the list of the things that i thought of pam that people should think about and the bottom line is research if you're not willing to do the research then you are probably not getting the best bang out of your buck so first of all we talked about shopping for a financial institution um looking for cell phone providers you know there's all kinds of uh, cell phone providers 
companies out there, you know, with these uh, bait and switch where you pay this really low fee for the first year and then they jack it up like two or three times as much. They do the same thing with cable, by the way, because I looked into it. Because I was like, how come I can't get that? Oh, it's only for new people. It's only for a year. So um, I cut the cable. I I just uh, have internet service, and even that is sky high. But again, you know, how much much TV are you really watching? Can you get by without that extra? I was paying $150 a month. And I was like, I don't need, I I don't... (laughs) I can't. There's, there's not that much right. for me to watch that I can afford $150 a month to do this. Right. So, again, do your research. Call them up and ask them if they can give you a discount, by the way, because I did that a couple of times. Hey, can't you, mm-hmm. you know, I'm really having a financial hardship here. You have to feel comfortable in your own skin to call them up and ask them if they'll do that. Right. Um, if you are taking prescription medicine, um, Go online if you have access to a computer. Go online and look up that pharmaceutical company and see if you can get a coupon for that medication. And if you can, you will find a $100 or $200 medication goes down to $10. And sometimes your pharmacist will tell you about it. Sometimes your physician will tell you about it. And sometimes they won't. They won't. (laughs) But don't assume that you cannot afford a prescription Go ahead and check it out because these are things they are not advertising widely. If you have access, and Pam, I know you were talking about a garden. Grow a garden. Mm -hmm. Grow a garden. Um, Get your fresh vegetables out of your garden. I know in the wintertime you can't do that, but in the summertime, grow a garden. Get that fresh food. Don't rely on highly processed, overpriced stuff that's been shipped in from... California, if you lived on the East Coast, and maybe the East Coast if you live on the West Coast. Um, Shop at a generic name grocery store versus a major chain store. Um, Here where I live, there are a couple of, I want to say generic, they they do have a name, they're not called generic, but they are not... Um, not like the a, other a large two. chain. Yes, and I can tell yeah. you that it's already been proven by research that their things are either as good or better than what you can right. find in a major chain, and they are a percentage, a large percentage less in cost. Absolutely. Um, check it out. Use your coupons. Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to give you a good one, mm-hmm. uh, which I found out like with my vegetables, sometimes I can go to an Asian market. There you go. Yes. Prices are so cheap. I can't, like, I remember the first time I went to an Asian market, and I was like, let me go in here. I'll get a head of cabbage. Well, let me tell you, that head of cabbage was 25 cents. Right. For, for a whole head of cabbage. And I was like, yeah, I could do this, you know. And so Yeah, that's a really good point. If you can, if you can find, you know, either Asian market or a Latino market, yes. you know, go in and do price comparison. You'll find out that they are selling prices a lot cheaper than you can. You are so right. And I'm glad you said that because there are Latino market supermarkets here where I live, where mm-hmm. you know everything is substantially cheaper. Um, and there is no reason why you can't go in there and do your shopping. Even if you have to, even if you have to go to four or five different stores to get your stuff, if it costs cheaper, that's where you're going to save money. 
And by the way, stop your impulse buying. If you see something, oh. it's, it's <laughs> things are placed in grocery stores and department stores in certain locations for a reason. And Pam, yeah. you talked about this in, in one of our other podcasts. It's there because they want to attract someone to pick up that object and put it in with their stuff that they're getting ready to buy. Ask right. yourself, is this a nice to have or a must have? A must have, yep. And start using that as your mantra when you're going shopping because people will pull you in, you'll get sucked into that vortex, and you're paying for things that are just gonna sit around. I, I used to have things that I had never even opened or taken the tags off of. Right. Because it was an impulse buy. Yeah. I don't do that yeah. anymore, by the way, but right. I used to. Right. I used to, I, I, I wasted a lot of money that way. Yeah, and I did too, I think we all have. And the thing is, that even if you're doing it now, now is a good time to stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good thing to do with grocery shopping is to make your list. Mm, Make your mm -hmm. list before you go and stick to the list. Stick to the list. You can also, and and you brought this up, Pam, you, when we were talking about making a list and projecting out your budget, if you make a list, you can pretty much gauge how much it's going to cost you when to go to the grocery store and you can establish that budget and you'll know how, if you are short on on money at the time mm-hmm. you can look at your list and say well you know i could probably i have that right now i probably don't need to buy that right now and start managing your list i know this doesn't sound sexy it doesn't sound fun right because yeah, but in, in the long run, in it, the becomes long run. Sexy, it becomes sexy when you could take that extra little bit of money and put it into a savings account and over time it's just going to accumulate i mean because you can do actually you can kind of do a test run or a test drive for three months, just do it and see how it feels. You know, I know that some people don't feel like I don't want to take the time to do X, Y, Z. The thing is, okay, if you don't want to take the time now, believe me, you're going to end up spending at the end, spending more than you need to at the end. Absolutely. It, it's, you know, it's it's a thing of the cost and common sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we'll see. So, I don't know, I just, uh, cook at home, don't go out. Uh-huh. You just talked about convenience stores. Um, I went to the Golden Arches fast food uh-huh. store the other day. <laughs> yes. I won't mention the name. Yes. But I can tell you, all I got was a stinking fish sandwich and some fries and a drink, and it was almost, almost $10. Right. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I, I, I was like, what? <laughs> Are you, right. I, what? Not even mm-hmm. Apple turnover was included. And I was just like, right. okay, there's something wrong with this. $10? Right. Are you $10. kidding me? No. So right. exactly. stop going to fast it's, food. It, Make your changed, own food. It's changed ever since COVID, you know? Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, the, I think the golden arches are going to be out of my driving yeah, they're out, of, uh, they're out of my range, too. Just yeah. like we were talking about um, those places like Starbucks, you know? Yes. Like, yeah, I learned how to make coffee at home that tastes just as good as Starbucks. And I just buy my coffee at the store, and, and I put a little whipped cream in it, you know, ready whip. I'm going to claim it because I won't use cool whip because of the fact that it's got, you know, Cause it's not real. It's not real. <laughs> There's right? nothing real in it. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, it's nothing real in Cool Whip. But you get yourself a ready whip, make yourself a cup of coffee, put a little 
whipped cream in there, and it is like, oh my gosh, the best thing you could ever have. Yeah. So we can, you know, we can find solutions. And really, if you look at, if, when you think about, you know, what can I do in the future? How can I move forward? What is the next steps I take? You have to sit down and ask yourself, what am I doing now? How am I spending my money now? Right. How, yeah, how are, you know, am I saving money or am I spending everything that I'm getting? Or whatever I'm saving. I mean, because when we look at, you know, people here in the United States and we compare ourselves to people, say, like in Europe or Asia, I mean, they're saving anywhere from 65 to 80% of their salary that's going towards saving because of the fact that they're all working on a goal, whatever that goal is. You know, and so we, as as Americans, are a country of consumers. Industry knows this, and they like to put all those pretty packages out there and those promises, you know, for something better, faster, easier, quicker. Not everything is true. That's a fact. I agree with you. So enough. Note, folks, Jay and I are going to wrap it up for today. If there is any topics that you'd like for us to cover or if you have any questions or comments that you would like to hear about, or please, please, please just contact us at pbj.podcast.2021 at gmail.com. And we'll be glad to highlight your topic on our show. And we'll mention your name. <laughs> we will mention your name and talk about your your comment and any questions that you have. So please join us next time for PB and Day with PB and Day.